the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Of course, the combine is going down right now. Lots of players going out there and making themselves known, uh, putting out fast times, impressing some of the work that they're doing on the field. And that's really great. And the 49ers are going to be approaching the draft soon enough. And there will be a lot of a lot of holes that they're going to have to fill, positions that are going to look to increase the, the depth and get better on their football team. But my attention continues to be on free agency. And the 49ers, how much money are they going to have to spend in free agency? Not sure. We know that they're going to create some because they have to sign some of their players back. They probably want to look around the league and find some players that they can bring in. Normally, I would say they're going to go bargain basement. They're only going to bring in players that they can find on the cheap. Guys like Cleveland Farrell or, in years past, Arden Key, that they could bring into the fold and then work with them, maximize their potential, and then they go out on the open market and they get money. I think the 49ers would love to do that, and they're probably still going to try to do that. But every time we think that's the case, the 49ers go make a big signing on the open market. Now, a couple years ago, we did believe they were going after cornerback, and we thought they were going to spin pretty handsomely, and they did. They went and got Charverius Ward. Last year, threw everyone for a loop. Everyone expected the 49ers to go for a tier two defensive defensive tackle to bring into the fold. But no, they go get the best one available in Javon Hargrave. So the 49ers could presumably bring in another high-priced edge rusher in this uh, new season and the new league year as it starts. There's a lot of guys available the 49ers could look to add with significant salary cap implications, of course. So would the 49ers do that? I don't know. But one thing I know about John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan is they are aggressive. They like to go out and they like to get things and make things happen. Last year, I believe they tried to skimp a little bit at the defensive end position. They brought in Cleveland Farrell. He was solid against the run. He was a guy that everyone enjoyed his hustle and he played really hard. But they really didn't have the ability behind him. They drafted Robert Beal Jr. And Beal is going to be a good player. At some point, his development wasn't there, which we saw early on. They shut him down in training camp. Eventually, he came off uh, the IR and was able to help this football team. But Drake Jackson didn't materialize. There were a lot of people that were hoping he was going to be the answer opposite of Nick Bosa. Of course, we know the answer. Pittsburgh, game aside, where he has three sacks, um, he just never really got on track as being that guy. Doesn't mean he doesn't have the potential. It doesn't mean he still won't get there and develop. What it means is, can the 49ers really rely on Robert Beal Jr. and Drake Jackson to be the player that plays opposite of Nick Bosa? I don't think so. Going out and trading for Randy Gregory and then trading for Chase Young illustrates the 49ers knew they had a weakness at the defensive end. Of course, they had depth issues as well as they continued to suffer injuries at the position. So the 49ers know this is a position of need. During the season, they were linked to a lot of different edge rushers. Of course, they did pull the trigger on Gregory, very cheap deal, able to bring him in and Chase Young. 
So they're willing to make moves. There were other guys they were talk, talking to as well or potentially interested in. So we're going to go through all that in this episode. We're going to talk about free agent edge rushers, both the high-priced guys, because we just don't know for sure what the 49ers do. I think they're a little unlikely, but we'll go into some of the, the names and the numbers uh, that are being projected for these players. And then also some of the guys that are maybe flying under the radar the 49ers could bring in on cheap deals and turn them into the next Samson Ebucom. Uh, the the next guy, Arden Key, that they can get out there on the open market eventually, but they can maximize the potential for them right now. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. 49ers cut back on Believe. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. And the names are all over the place as far as big names. Uh, when you probably heard a bunch of these guys, these are the best of the best as far as edge rusher. And, of course, there could be more names added to this list. Jack Barrett was added uh, to the free agency by Tampa Bay. They went ahead and they're releasing him. So it's becoming a flooded market. And when it becomes a flooded market, usually what happens is there's a wave where these top guys get signed and then there is a little bit of a gap. And then where are you going to get those guys? There are guys last year like Yannick Ngakwe who had to wait a long time to find a team. So usually when it comes to edge rusher, the big guys get snatched up early. And then the guys in the middle have to wait a long time because the cheaper guys go and the really expensive guys go. And those guys in the middle are holding out. Can I get double digits on the open market? And I think we're going to run into some of those names now. 49ers, how much money are they going to want to allocate to a defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa and still fill the depth portion? Now, we talked about Drake Jackson and Robert Beal. That's pretty good depth. You could probably pick up someone in the draft as well, and you would have the depth. But do you need a starter? Is Joey Bosa going to get cut from the Chargers? Is Khalil Mack going to get traded? I don't think you can count on that. And with Bosa, what would his contract look like? Could the 49ers even afford his contract? Well, that's the same case with these guys that are being available right now. Can the 49ers afford to pay multiple players over $20 million? Eric Armstead, $28 million cap hit in 2024. Nick Bosa's money finally hitting, and it's going to be way up there. And not even where it's going to be on the back end of his deal when it gets outrageous. But then also Javon Hargrave making a pretty penny. 49ers have allocated a lot of resources to defensive line. And I don't think their method is going to change at all. Because they know if they can get a solid edge defender opposite of Bosa, that is going to free up Bosa to make more plays. You're not going to be able to double team him as much. And he's going to be able to get after the quarterback and wreak havoc, which then in turn makes it easier for everyone else. Makes it easier for your linebacker group. It makes it easier for your defensive backs. And ultimately, the 49ers have questions at defensive back as well that they're going to have to address, and linebacker for that matter as well. So let's get into these names. First off, the biggest name on the list, and this is the name that I think is number one 
on the list for pretty much any team looking for an edge rusher would have to be Josh Allen. And the reason I say that, he came out in the same draft as Nick Bosa, and he's a guy that has been able to put consistent pressure on the quarterback. He's very athletic. He's very long, has the ability to play in a 3-4 and a 4-3 defense, which means you can pretty much name any team around the league. They are in need of a player like Josh Allen. I liked him so much in that draft. I had him up there with Nick Bosa as far as these guys are. It's pick them. You know, if, if Bosa was gone, Josh Allen could be that guy and he could wreak havoc for the San Francisco 49ers along the defensive line. So he's going to make a lot of money, but he had 17 and a half sacks last season. That is elite caliber pass rush. His pass rush rate was over 23%. Uh, 23% of the time, he's putting pressure on the quarterback. That is pretty fantastic. He had a career year last year for Jacksonville. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers know that they need him on the team. Uh, as far as Nick Bosa, they need him to have a really big season. So Josh Allen would be a guy. But uh, is he realistic at $23.9 million per year? Uh, projected market value. I spoke track of five years, 100 and basically $20 million on the open mark, uh, market. I just don't think the 49ers are paying $23 million for somebody opposite of Nick Bosa. You can't afford to pay that much money. But uh, Josh Allen would be so cool to see. Uh, and, you know, another one that everyone talks about is Brian Burns. And Burns last year had eight sacks for the Carolina Panthers. We hear about this all the time. Let's bring in Brian Burns, bring in Bar Brian Burns. And he's not as expensive as Josh Allen, but five years, $108 million is the projected market value for Brian Burns. And you can see, I mean, if you plug and play Josh Allen, Brian Burns, uh, neck, you know, on the opposite side of Nick Bosa, Bosa would go from being a big-time defensive end to being the best defensive end in the league. Uh, whenever you put a dominant edge defender opposite of a really good edge defender, that's when you get greatness. Last year, Khalil Mack had a career year. Some of the time, Joey Bosa was there. Sometimes he didn't. But when you can get pressure opposite, it makes it so much easier for your defense because then they can't pay so much attention to one guy. It allows you to get some matchups that you like and to free some things up. And that's exactly what the Foyers would like to do. But can you pay $20 million or an edge defender opposite of Nick Bosa. Uh, with Burns, his production was definitely not up there to the par of someone like Josh Allen with 17 and a half sacks, or even Daniil Hunter. Last year during the trade deadline, in fact, I went on with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, guys, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun always talking to the other teams, but uh, One Bar and Lupegas, they do a great job with the Minnesota Vikings content. They had me on, and we talked about Daniil Hunter and at the time, they were talking about Hunter being potentially traded. And I said, you know, with his money the way it was last year, it made a lot of sense for the 49ers going into that last year. We know they ultimately get Chase Young. I think the Vikings were holding out hope after they beat the 49ers and got on a little bit of a streak there. They were going to make a playoff run. So they held on to Neil Hunter. And now they're just, you know, potentially going to try to re-sign him. But uh, Neil Hunter market value it's about $20 million a year, even though he had 16 and a half sacks last year. What a phenomenal season he had. He did a really good job of bringing pressure off the edge and being aggressive in that new style Minnesota Vikings defense. Uh, in a division where you have to chase after quarterbacks, there's a lot of athletic quarterbacks in the NFC North. 
Daniel Hunter did a very good job. I do think Daniel Hunter fits the bill exactly what the 49ers are looking for. If you were going to take a carbon copy player of what the 49ers want, opposite of Nick Bosa, Daniel Hunter would make sense. He sets the edge really well against the run. He's very good at rushing the passer, and he's just a stand-up individual. So uh, as far as all of that goes, it makes a lot of sense. But when you're talking $20 million, how could the 49ers make it work? I know Parag Marathi's very good at making contracts work. And, of course, this is a three-year projected deal, three years, $60 million, $20 million a year. Could they make it a five-year deal, uh, You know, add some void years, and bring this money down to where it's like 15? Yes. Where do the 49ers find the money for it? Uh, they could do it. We know they can free up close to $98 million. Daniel Hunter would help the 49ers in a variety of categories, from setting the edge in the run to getting after the quarterback. Um, out of the three, I, of course, I've always been a huge fan of Josh Allen. I think that Josh Allen really does uh, fit what the 49ers want to do as well. Uh, all three, Allen, Burns, and Daniel Hunter would all make an impact. I think for me, uh, even though Burns played for my favorite college team, I think Daniel Hunter makes the most sense out of these really large contracts. There's just this elite-level contract. I think Daniel Hunter would make the most sense because I think you could get him the cheapest and yet he could still do everything you want within the system. And so I I do like Daniel Hunter from that top rate level, uh, but I think it's less likely that they go to 20 plus million dollar players. I just think it's probably going to be somebody a little bit cheaper. And so when you're looking at a little bit cheaper, who's out there and available, that's probably closer to 13 million and under, which seems more realistic. Even then, Orders would probably like to bring in guys under $10 million, uh, but those are hard to find. So let's talk about some of those guys that are fringe where the 49ers probably want to spend money uh, that's a little bit more where their pocketbook is. And Darius Smith is a guy who's getting older. Uh, he's, he's played for some very good teams. Of course, he was with Green Bay. He's been uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. And then all of a sudden, he's with Cleveland Browns. He got traded last year. I've been bringing up Zedarius Smith for a while. I was on the hunt last year during uh, free agency time because I saw he put his house up for sale, that he was pushing for a trade, and ultimately I was correct. He was. But the 49ers did not go Zedarius Smith in trade. They did not go that way at all until during the season. Probably could have been huge for the 49ers to start the year. But he got traded to play opposite of Miles Garrett. He had himself a pretty good year, five and a half sacks. He plays the edge really good in the run. He's a complete defensive edge player. Uh, getting a little bit older now, so maybe his market value goes down. Botrack still believes he's a two-year, $24 million guy, so $12.4 million per year. I think that is close if you think you're going to get production from him. He played every game last season. Uh, so Zedaria Smith is a guy that's holding up physically. And we know the 49ers could count on him to set the edge in the run, play well in the pass rush. Uh, so you're getting an older player. We know the 49ers have a lot of older players along that defensive line, Armstead, Hargrave, both older as well. But you got young cats behind them as far as depth. Uh, it would make sense for me, for the 49ers to pay, you know, a guy like Zedaria Smith. Could there be better options we're going to talk about that are a little bit younger? Yes, I think so. Uh, but that's the first one I believe is like, okay, that's kind of in the price range. The 49ers could manipulate the contract to fit to what they need and keep his cap number low over the next couple of years. And I do believe that Darius Smith wants to win and he wants to win a Super Bowl. Of course, Chase Young 
is a guy the 49ers are potentially going to look to bring back. We'll see. They traded for him midseason. But Chase Young had seven and a half sacks last year. Uh, not a whole lot of production when he came to San Francisco. It got off to a huge start. And then really we didn't see anything significant from him as far as actually getting sacks until the Super Bowl. Uh, but he's projected to get a one-year deal worth $13 million. I think that's where it gets interesting for me. Uh, one-year deal is gives you a lot of flexibility as a team that once that contract is up, you're out. And if the Fourniers could free up the cap space, he's still a young enough player that one year of really good production would be good for him on the open market. So if he is going to go with a shorter contract, I think the 49ers are in the running. I don't think they want to lock into Chase Young for five years and multi, in a big uh, multi-year deal worth a lot of money. I think a short-term deal, especially with the way that this team is constituted and built, would make a lot of sense for the 49ers. So uh, I think there's some other things that are going to play into this, potential other players available. But I think the 49ers are interested in Chase Young. I think Nick Bosa wants Chase Young back. And so they'll have a conversation. I think that at one year, $13 million, I think that's real close to the 49ers kind of waving and saying no. Uh, $13 million might be a little too rich. I think anything close to $10 million for Chase Young makes a lot more sense. But there could be a team out there willing to give Chase Young uh, $13 million after he had a pretty good year his first year being back fully from injury. Uh, Jonathan Grenard uh, is another guy that you know is out there that I think makes a lot of sense for the 49ers coming off his big season with the Houston Texans, uh, 12 and a half sacks. And he's projected at $13.4 million. Uh, the reason I put that out there is we just talked about Chase being projected at $13 million. And then you have Grenard here who's projected at $13.4 million, yet he had way more production. Five more sacks on the season, um, and he played under D'Amico Ryan. So we know he's got a system idea. Of course, the wide nine a little bit different. But I think that this is this is one that's interesting for me. And I think the 49ers will kick the tires, but I think ultimately Houston tries to bring him back. We'll see what that money looks like. But that's what you're talking about. Now we're in that range of $13 million. Now we're going to slide under 10. And, and now that we're under $10 million per season, these are the guys that I'm definitely honed in on. The other guys I would love, right? The elite guys, those guys would take the 49ers if you're going all in on one season or a couple years. And you know, at the end, we're going to be in, and salary cap purgatory, you could go with those top three guys. These other guys that we talked about, the middle three, it's like, yeah, we want to win now. Those are going to be shorter contracts. We can win right now. And then eventually, you know, we're going to get out from under them. And then these guys are kind of under that $10 million threshold that I think this is where you would like to strike and hit a talented defensive end that he's talented, but he could take you to another level. Samson Ebucom was a guy they brought in for, you know, five, six million dollars. These guys are a little bit more than that. But Ebucom produced, you know, four and a half, five and a half sacks. These guys might be able to get you double digits. It's why you're willing to pay them a little bit more. I think this is the serious range where we're getting into 49ers hitting on some of these guys uh, that are available on the edge. And it starts with Bryce Huff. He had 10 sacks for the, the Jets last season, a very good season. And the dude came on strong and Robert saw his defense I think that Bryce Huff would make a lot of sense for the San Francisco 49ers, the way he plays, his aggressive style. I think he would fit really good in Chris Kacarek's wide nine. And he's projected at a $9.2 million contract. And Spotrax has four years, $36.8 million 
Uh, that would be great for the 49ers because you could tie up a guy for four years at $9.2 million per year. You could play the numbers where early on in the contract, it's very minimal. You could get this under $5 million, and then down the road, uh, it would hit you with some big money, but you would have a solid guy to play next or opposite of Nick Bosa and bring some pressure, bring some edge pressure. And I think I think Bryce Huff right now would be my favorite for the 49ers to land. I just don't know if someone's going to throw big money at him because I think he played beyond as far as what he produced was beyond the market value that he has set by Spotrack. Uh, so if somebody offers him big-time money, he, he's got to take that money and he's got to go. There's going to be no discounts. Not going back to the Jets for a hometown discount. He's going to get maximize the most amount of money. Will John Lynch open up his checkbook and go get a guy like Bryce Huff on the open market? I think he's interesting. Uh, Leonard Floyd, last year, a lot of people talked about Leonard Floyd. Was a Ram with the Rams, 49ers seen him a lot in the NFC West. He went to Buffalo and he had himself a really good year in Buffalo. And I think people are surprised because Vaughn Miller didn't play as much and Vaughn really wanted him there. They're former teammates with the Rams. And he goes up there and he has himself just an excellent season, 10 and a half sacks for Leonard Floyd. And he's projected to make $8.1 million per year, a two-year $16 million deal. Last year, he made just under $5 million playing for the Buffalo Bills. So getting a, a pay raise because of the type of play that he had playing in the AFC East. So Leonard Floyd is a guy the 49ers have a lot of film on. Pro scouts are probably very comfortable with where he's at. I think the 49ers were really settled in on Drake Jackson last year and seeing where he was going to be at. And with what Robert Beal Jr. could do, Cleveland Farrell, and they thought, hey, we got enough. Uh, these guys are going to develop. And I don't think that's the case now. They don't believe that now, so they know they got to make a move. And it could be as simple as bringing Farrell back, uh, letting him start and having the young guys play behind, draft somebody. But I think that Leonard Floyd makes sense. I think they do like Leonard Floyd. I think last year they just didn't want to pay the extra money. They were trying to save as much money as they could while also giving young players the ability to play. So Leonard Floyd could be an option for the 49ers. $8.1 million, uh, two-year deal, $16 million is not too expensive. Once again, you could bring that number down. Uh, so I think the 49ers could figure something out. Also on the open market, Josh Uche is available uh, he's projected to be $8.3 million. He only had two sacks last year and only started two games. Um, so I do think that he's probably going to be cheaper than that $8.3 million. That's why I put him on this list. I think you could get him for a one-year deal worth 4 or $5 million. Uh, Danico Autry also going to be available. Now, this is a guy that's going to be 34 years old, leaving the Tennessee Titans potentially. But he had 11 and a half sacks. And Last year when the four years were at the trade deadline, this was a guy that I really wanted them to get. And this is a guy that could be ring chasing. So if he comes to San Francisco, it could be on a cheaper deal where you could potentially go ahead and get a guy that has great production and talk about a guy that can do it all. He sets the edge in the run at a high level. He's able to use a multitude of different types of moves to get to the quarterback. This is one of those uh, veterans that you would love to have on your team. Nico Autry, 11 and a half sacks, played all 17 games last year. Uh, so, I mean, market value-wise, probably should make around $8 million, but uh, could you get him to defer some of that for a chance to win a ring? A one-year deal, $5 million, it's possible. And I think he's got a lot of potential to be a big-time player. I like Danico Autry. 
And then, of course, you always have Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is available every single year. It's one-year deals for a new team every single time. And he had nine and a half sacks last year. So he had himself a very productive season playing for the Baltimore Ravens defense. He set the he always sets the edge great against the run, but now he was finally having production again as far as rushing the passer. I think he fit that scheme really well. So they're projecting him at one year, $7.2 million, which is a pay raise from last year. Uh, so there's an there's an opportunity. The Clowney always gets mentioned with the 49ers. I don't think Clowney is the answer opposite Nick Bosa. So there's a lot of guys I'd rather have, and I think the 49ers would as well. Um, I just think that there's going to be these other guys that are that make more sense for the 49ers. But I had to talk about him because he is available in nine and a half sacks at $7 million. That's great value, and he really is a good run stopper. And the 49ers have to be good at setting the edge against the run. So it, as far as that goes, it makes sense. I don't think that's the case, but uh, it, it could be. And before we get to these options that are going to fly under the radar, uh, if you're having a party, you're having an event, you need to book with Beyond the Occasion. Uh, they offer a various event services. They have event cleanup. They'll take care of the decor. They provide a wedding officiant, MC, and a day of coordinator, if that's what you want. They cater to bridal showers, baby showers, weddings, birthday parties, and more. Uh, contact them for all your event needs. They'll give you quotes. That is btoeventmanagement at gmail.com. That's available in the description section, so click on that and email them. Uh, so Beyond the Occasion offers everything you need for that party. Sit back, relax, let them ha handle it. You enjoy time on your special day. And if you send them an email, tell them Ant sent you, and it'll it'll – get you started on the right way let's talk about some of these guys that could be a little bit cheaper uh first carl lawson and lawson played with the new york jets was somebody the 49ers really liked and he went to the jets as a free agent last year he didn't play a whole lot we seen off come on and have a really good year for the new york jets but lawson had dealt with a really bad injury it looks like he's getting right uh but last year he didn't really have any uh sacks uh, so he's going to be out there, and he's going to be cheap. But this is a guy that showed the ability to get after the quarterback uh, over the years. In 2017, he had eight sacks. In 2019, he had five. In 2020, it was five and a half. And in 2022, he had seven sacks. The more he plays, the better he plays. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. He played 17 games in 2022 and had seven sacks. Last year, he only played eight. So this could be a guy, once again, that you get that's cheaper that you can come in on a one-year deal and then go out and get another double-digit contract if he plays well for Chris Kacarek. This is one of those under-the-radar sign him. He makes a huge impact. As long as he's healthy and his medical checks out, Carl Lawson, huge fit for the 49ers opposite Nick Bosa. I would love this as a cheap option. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Carl Lawson. I wanted him a couple years ago before he went to the Jets, and I still would love to have him on the team right now. So Carl Lawson making a lot of sense potentially as an under-the-radar signing for the 49ers. Was a double-digit money guy. Don't think he's going to be now, but he could be a guy the 49ers get for $5 billion or below, depending on how he's looked at around the league. The next one is Clevon Chason, and this one might ruffle some feathers because he has definitely not lived up to the expectations that many had for him. But his market value is about $3 million, so a two-year deal worth $6 million uh, for, for uh, Clevon Chason. Uh, to me, this is a guy that hasn't had a lot of production, two sacks. What do we talk about with Cleveland Farrell? 
not a lot of production. A guy that got drafted high that hasn't produced on the field, but you get him into a situation with Chris Kacarek, and they have a show out, they have a, a good season, and next thing you know, they make some money. So I think he's an option for the 49ers. Uh, potentially bring him in and just see what he's got. And, you know, two sacks as a guy that's a rotational piece, that's not what you want. Uh, but could Kacarek's system help him get a couple extra sacks and four or five sacks in a season production? Chason could be exactly what he needs to go out there and get some more money on the open market. A veteran, Bud Dupree, 32 years old, played for the Atlanta Falcons last season, had six and a half sacks and made about $2.9 million. This is, once again, money uh, that you, you'd like to spend. This, that's a lot of production. You know, you talk, we talked about Chase on $3 million. Imagine paying Bud Dupree you know, $4 million for six and a half sacks. I think that's worth it. That's more production than you were getting from Ebucom or a Menehue as far as pass rush. Uh, so Bud Dupree would make sense for the 49ers. Let's see if they go ahead and get interested in one of these guys. He is older in the two, 32 years old. Uh, but he still had a lot of juice. He looked pretty good last year playing for Atlanta. A.J. Epinesa, uh, six and a half sacks for two straight seasons. His market value is $5.6 million. So this one's a more expensive than the last two we talked about, probably the Carl Lawson range. But here you go, six and a half sacks for two years. That shows consistency, and that's with him not really starting games but coming off the bench. Could a starting role produce more opportunity for him? Could he be a double-digit sack guy opposite Nick Bosa? I think that's something the 49ers look at and potentially bring him in and see what he could do. A couple more guys that are going to probably not be the first on most people's minds, but DJ Wanham. Uh, Wanham played opposite you know, in Minnesota, so you got a guy that's really good potentially to bring in. Uh, DJ Wanham is is very, very talented football player. And he played opposite of Daniil Hunter. And he's got a lot of ability. He had eight sacks last season. And how much of that is that crazy system, right? The aggressive style that they run in Minnesota. How much is that playing opposite of Daniil Hunter? Probably some. But uh, just watching film of of Wanham, uh, he, he's a guy that's got a lot of ability. He's good against the run. He's very stout. Uh, to me, this is a guy that you could probably get for you know six, seven million dollars on the open market, and maybe he could be that guy. He had eight sacks opposite of Daniel Hunter. Could he have eight to ten sacks opposite of Nick Bosa? Yeah, probably. Uh, so that makes sense. That's production worth money. I'll pay a million dollars for a sack uh, the way that the 49ers need it. And then Yatura Gross Matos uh, out of Carolina had four and a sa- four and a half sacks in twelve games. Now, as he lived up to the billing of what everyone thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. No, uh, but he's a guy that has definitely has some, some ability. You can see that potential. That's why I think he's a guy you could get for under $5 million and then see what he could be. Uh, he could be that next guy that comes in, makes a lot of plays, and then goes on the open market and gets some things done. So uh, these are the guys that I've seen uh, that I believe. I think those high-priced guys, I wanted to talk about them. I don't think those are legit options, but... But John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, you never know. And then I think that medium range where you're getting into guys like Chase Young, um, you know, I, I think those guys have potential. But I think when you really get under $10 million projected is where you're going to find your guys that you're going to make some plays. So Bryce Huff, you know, Carl Lawson, uh, DJ Wanham, I think those guys make a lot of sense for the 49ers potentially. Uh, Carl Lawson I like a lot. Um, so I think those guys are a potential. Maybe even Leonard Floyd. Uh, but I do think uh, you know, Bryce Huff is probably going to be a target of a lot of teams around the league. We'll see 
what his money looks like. So we'll see where the four yards go. We know they need to address edge, probably defensive line and cornerback in a variety of ways with free agency and the draft. We'll see what they can get done. So thanks guys so much for joining me for this episode uh, brought to you by bet online. The game starts here. Of course, beyond the occasion, have your party taken care of by beyond the occasion link in the description section down below you guys truly are the best. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.